Welcome to DaVinci's Discourse, where the minds of today's most innovative entrepreneurs are unveiled and explored. And my name is Kyle Campbell, your guide on this journey into the depths of the entrepreneurial psyche. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into the minds of the greats. This is DaVinci's Discourse. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your, your company? Because I'm curious. Uh, you saw that I followed up persistently. So tell me about what you do. Yeah. Well, so... <laughs> I recently joined the company called The Campfire Effect, and it was started by a good friend of mine, Chris Smith, uh, over 12 years ago. It's historically been a a consulting firm that was mostly just him. You know, I mean, he had some team members, but it was his unique ability to help people uncover their identity okay, and their message and then unleash their team with the identity and the message to just really be bold and confident in, in the space they're trying to fill in the world and what they're trying to offer and who they're trying to serve. And so over the years, people would come back after they worked with them and they were like, man, this is really impacting our culture because we're really clear on our identity and we have like that to connect around and unite around. And he got to thinking like, man, why don't we do something with that? And so he started to pay attention more intentionally and ask more people for feedback around that and ended up developing something called the culture operating system, which is now what I'm doing, you know, within our company and what I'm really leading is from like a leadership and culture standpoint for organizations that are doing well, have great people but have not ever really been able to like wrap their arms around like what is our culture right and mm. and even if we know what it is what if we want it to be better and more intentional and more meaningful mm. like how do we do that and so we help organizations see what's possible from that standpoint for their individual leadership and for the culture of their organization so it's kind of cool we're actually changing the name of our company here very soon to the possibility co because when we get really honest with ourselves and dig into like who we are and what our identity is we're all about helping people see what's possible oh, in, in life in leadership you know in business and their organization and that's what really differentiates us a lot i guess you could say is a lot of people focus on either like the gap between um like almost like what you're not doing or what you're failing at and then a lot of people focus on the gap between like where you are and where someone wants to be. Yeah. And we come in and say like, there's actually a whole bunch more possible that you've never been able to see. And we want to help you see that mm. and, and, and like speak that possibility into you. So anyways, that's a little bit of a backstory and kind of where we're headed, but. Okay. Right yeah. on, man. Are you familiar with Dan Sullivan by chance? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. What do you know about him? I can't say that I've uh, read in any of his books, but the name sounds real familiar. Okay, because he talks about the gap and the gain, um, exactly yeah, 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 what you're yeah. talking about there. And then he also uses the term unique ability, which is what you use to describe uh, how your your partner thinks about the business. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering like, oh, wait a second here, something's up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those uh, great minds think alike kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, man. <laughs> um, and so what's the difference between your company coming up and, and the company? that you've got right now is it the same company just a different name yeah well so the team has expanded a lot in the last few months well i say a lot it's 
you know, doubled in size. Nice. Congrats, and, man. And, uh, and so really like the way Chris describes it is it's just like, he doesn't want it to just be him. Right. Like he wants to scale the way he's helped so many other people scale. And so it's just kind of time to like, let's bring on the right people and let's scale. And so uh, it, it is very similar because we still will be helping people uncover their identity, unlock their message and unleash a team, but it's just expanded. So the new, you know, the new company, the possibility co will have a different name that is probably more scalable. Um, Chris likes to think of the campfire effect more of like, as like a methodology and less like an actual company. I where see. We yeah, like I get it. It, it puts that visual in your head of sitting around the campfire, shooting the shit yeah, with totally. your friends. Yeah. Is that, is that what, what the, the methodology is, is uh, creating that, that internal team um, rapport, I guess you could say uh, that, that feels like you're sitting around the campfire shooting the shit with friends or is, uh, yeah. is it something else? No, like from an organizational standpoint. Yeah. But where it was actually born was from the standpoint of like the stories that get told around the campfire. Ah, that's, okay. That's when people really share mm. who they are right. through their story. Ah, yeah, true, true. And so the campfire effect really was born out of this idea of like, let's sit around a campfire yeah. and let's uncover who you really are and, and, you know, get to the bottom of your identity and your story and your message. Mm. Mm, I love um, that. The mm. way that usually happens naturally around a campfire that, like, you know, yeah, we no grew up. Chris and I both grew up in the same area in a small town in agriculture, you know, ranching, farming, rodeo type families. And so, oh, yeah, that me too, by the way, small town, small town boy here too, uh, awesome. hunting, fishing, shooting every day. <laughs> That's yeah. uh, my stepdad for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, man, I love it. So, when did you join? Yeah, about six months ago. Okay. And so, okay. yeah, I've been taking on some one on one clients and some of our group coaching programs and then. Um, also here more recently, helping and, and leading our, our newer clients that are, that are getting on board for like the culture operating system that are really looking to, um, level up their leadership and, and design and create a culture that's really meaningful for their organization. Oh, okay. I love it, dude. What about, uh, in terms of marketing, do you, uh, do you, are you responsible for any of that, the client acquisition end of it? I am, I am not, I mean, a lot of our clients come really organically just because we really believe in who we're being matters. And so, mm -hmm. you know, how we show up for people and how we speak about who we are and what we do engages people. And they're like, how do we get this in our life? And so that happens really organically, but no, we have someone on the team that's you know responsible for the marketing and the scaling. And, and, and she also brings in, um, you know, other resources as needed to handle like reels and more social media type of stuff. But yeah, there's someone on the team that's responsible for that. And it's okay. not really, I, I don't, I used to say, I don't like sales, which is crazy now to think. And I used to also say like, oh, I'm not good at marketing. Yeah. All that is just stuff I created in my head. And that's what we mm. help people. See. It's like, but well, you're actually an amazing marketer. If you can tell your story, if you know who you are and right. you can be amazing at sales, if you just see yourself as a leader and, and not as someone that's there to sell. So yeah, true, man. I love that for sure. Um, somebody who's a leader and not somebody who's there to sell, but somebody who's there to connect, like you would shooting the shit around the campfire. Exactly. I like that a lot, man. Um, and so what's the new company name? It's uh, the, the Possibility Co. The Possibility Co. I love it, man. Oh, cool. It um, it exemplifies the the mission behind it. It's, it's what's possible in terms of if you were to shift your mindset and shift your team dynamics to what would be more optimal. Um, it, it's, it's looking at the possibilities in the future. Totally. Yeah. And, and look, it's like transformation 
lives in possibility. It lives in what yes. we typically can't see. Right. And mm. so we really believe that most of the time in order to see that, it, we need someone else to help us see it. And so we love being that for other people. But what's even more exciting is when other people see themselves that way and right. go out in the world as leaders and help other people see what's possible. That's how we change the world. Mm. Change the world. That's that's your mission, eh? <laughs> uh, honestly, <clears throat> when I think about that, like from a, from a leadership and culture standpoint with the culture operating system, what we're really the work that we're really doing, what we're known for in that space is, is somewhat revolutionary because much of the systems that currently exist within the working world are from a time period that I guess you could say required it, but almost warranted it to some extent, like during the industrial revolution mm. and management, the way we know it is I mean, management is another word for control. It's basically like a the word control in disguise. Yeah. And and we are True. <laughs> 100% contrary to anything control because we're all about possibility and freedom. And mm-hmm. so what we're learning and helping others see is the possibility of freedom and space for people is actually what gets them to engage and commit, not force and compliance. Uh, okay, interesting. And so when you think about it that way, dude, we are like, we are changing the world because most of the working world has not experienced that, like does not experience the space and freedom around really like, Hey, you as a human, you have a lot to offer and you're amazing. And here's our identity and here's our mission and here's belonging and trust. And we're going to win. And we believe that you have a place here and and you can commit and, and do it. Yeah, you don't see that enough in a company. I mean, I'm I'm wondering how how identity plays into that because the way I look at identity is, um, uh, well, you have got your beliefs, which kind of is is overarched by the the identity that goes into the beliefs. And so, if you go in and, and help a company, um, I guess live by their values and, and fully embody their beliefs and the actions that they're taking. You're you're embedding their identity into the company, into the organization, and and bringing the people together like that. Is that is that how you would uh, describe yeah. it? Yeah, totally. And so a lot of when we start talking like this about you know giving people space and freedom and creating commitment instead of forcing compliance, a lot mm. of people can't even wrap their minds around that. They're like, well, I would have no one doing what needs to be done, which is a lie. Like it's because they've likely never given people real space and freedom and a reason to get committed. It's a and scarcity really, mindset. Like, it's a, it's a yeah, scarcity never, way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you really pour into another human and, mm. and show them something they've never been able to see in themselves before, ah. like you create commitment and instead of forcing compliance. And so it is, but that can't happen without identity. And here's why, because a lot of times when people ask me like, well, so then w- what happens? Like if people don't do, like they don't get committed or they don't keep their agreement. Right. That's why when you have an identity and you have core values that answer to your identity, then you have something to go back to. And so instead of like, don't do that, or we don't want that, or we don't do that, or we shouldn't do that, which is what's really prevalent naturally. Right. The negative. We have have core values and an identity to go back to. And it's like, Hey, here 
this is what we've agreed to and this is who we have agreed this is what to be. we do instead of this isn't what we do it's the other side of the coin yeah mm. deep stuff man very deep um how do you look at it in terms of of that positive and negative flip i mean the way i think about it is the if you're shooting away from something you don't want you're not looking at what you could potentially be shooting towards right right is, is that so how do you look at that uh, that's kind of the, the shift that you make in a company to, to totally. go towards their values instead of away from what they don't want which is how they're operating right now correct yeah and that's got to start with each of us as individuals and as leaders right so typically it's easier to look or to see and to therefore look for and find what's not working yeah. and what we don't want it's and what we don't like and what we yeah. don't have and so it's one of the very first mindset shifts that we introduced is like, look, start looking for what is working and what you do like, what you mm. do want, what you do have and what you can create. And guess what? You'll find more of goes all back the, to that, the gap in the life. gain. Yes, yeah. So you see, it goes instead of, instead of focusing on what you don't have, you're focusing on the progress that you've, that you've accomplished up until this point. And, um, and in, in, in what the values that went into that accomplishment so that you can get more of it. Yeah, totally. And, and when we talk about more, sometimes people are like, well, like more, like that's greed or whatever. No, it's like, that's abundance. Mm, Ab abundance is simultaneously holding immense gratitude for what you have and being deeply aware of what's possible and that there's more, that more is possible. Mm, right. And that you don't have to necessarily take from somebody to have something given. Uh, it could be a true win-win situation if you structure it based around your your identity like you're talking about. Now, if I were a company that came to you, what would be some of the first steps that we would take to, to start to make this dynamic shift? Yeah. Well, so like I said, it all starts like on an in, a really individual level. Of course. And so we encourage the leaders of organizations to engage in, in a one-on-one -on -one type coaching scenario while we simultaneously start to meet with the leadership with the broader leadership team mm. to get the core principles downloaded and like these, this way of thinking and this way of being downloaded um and we we see that that combination works really good because like when you think about typical like leadership development programs or um again and this is not to diminish anyone else because like we we live in abundance right but just a lot of other programs are going to you know, check boxes, introduce principles, skills. But a lot of times the like the people aren't ready to really embody the skills because they still don't see themselves in a way that allows the skill to take hold and really matter. Mm, deep, man. It's like the pump. It's like, well, there's a, a classic fable that uh, a guy put a, a pumpkin in a jar and all the rest of the pumpkins around it grew to full size, but the pumpkin that was in the jar was const was constricted. He broke the jar and it was the perfect size of the jar. So if you break the jar and you're able to, to grow past these limitations that we put on ourselves, then you're able to, to perform better at your task, at whatever task that might be, especially if it's aligned with your identity. Yeah, exactly. Like at the like the reality is the way we see ourselves is you know, working on that is probably the greatest work we could ever do because it impacts everything. It impacts the way we mm. show up in the world. It impacts the way we see others, the way we see and interact with other people. And so yeah, like that's really where we start is helping people see themselves differently, giving them a new view or a new lens to look through 
so that then all of the like concepts and skills and and things actually matter because they're they have started to develop a new view of themselves mm. a more responsive responsible present self that can then take the skill or the or the tool and utilize it in, in an effective way how do you do that let's say there's an individual who's limited the pumpkin in the jar how do you break that jar what are some things that we can yeah. do yeah it's it's a great question um you mentioned beliefs earlier our beliefs are the jar yeah i love that yes look all of us really only have one problem or any problem could be boiled down to one thing which is and it is that we believe things that are not true beliefs which form the identity and so if you have these beliefs that that go against if they're counter towards what you're trying to do then you're not going to be able to do it or you're going to self-sabotage uh, because it's it's going counter towards how you view yourself that jar is still there so how do you change these beliefs this is a fascinating conversation something <laughs> something that's that's um very uh uh it's it hits home for me because these the way a belief is i've always thought about a belief as a box and what is inside the box and how do you how do you unravel the bow and mm. and expand the box or change the box or change the color of it or yeah the, it goes back to the way you frame things and if yeah. you reframe the the reason behind the belief you're able to change the identity that goes with that belief because if you change the belief your identity changes if you have a belief that you are going to be limited when it comes to persuasion or sales skills your sales skills are going to be limited because of that box that you put yourself in how, how do you think about all of this yeah so much of what I'm about to share with you, I learned from um, my coach, Mitch Whiting, and he really helped me rewire my brain when it comes to this. Okay. These, so these beliefs, right? Walk me through it. And, yeah. So a belief is the meaning that we assign to an experience. Yes. Yeah. And so many of our subconscious beliefs were formed when we were very young. Mm -hmm. And many of those subconscious beliefs dictate how we view the world and how we act today but the problem is we don't know it hey i hope you're enjoying the podcast and i want to let you know that i've got a free book that you can get if you want to tap into more of these resources and you can get that for free at kylesbook.com back to the podcast yeah because it's not identified and, it's not examined right. yet yeah exactly and so that's where it kind of goes back to like our obsession with possibility is like when you bring in another person to help you see that Right. It's the possibility that abundance exists and that limitation is created. Yes. Mm. So do you go back to childhood like a therapist would and say, uh, <laughs> here, here are the, the root causes of the situation. Yeah. How do we, how do we uh, de-root these, these beliefs that we have? And I say most of them do go back to childhood. We form these yeah. schemas that are kind of like a lens that we have to view the world through. And if we change the, the, the lens or we change the color of the lens, the tint, um, your whole world changes, like putting on a pair of rose colored sunglasses, things are different. And so, or kaleidoscope, you know, things can get trippy. It, it depends on the, the lens that you're looking at the world through. And I think about that as the schema that you're examining this experience from. And so yeah. what, what's your process for, for going back and, and changing these beliefs? Yeah. The, the key is identifying them. Right. And, and right. this is a lifelong journey, right? I mean, cause mm -hmm. you, you, you can spend your whole life uncovering and identifying these beliefs that aren't useful and don't serve you and aren't true, mm -hmm. replacing them with what are. And so just by, by looking at what's currently present for you in your life, like 
what's causing you stress, anxiety, and and um, the most you know challenges or what's holding you back from what you think you want. You kind of start there and you start to go look for okay, what what is the belief that's that's there? And the fascinating thing is that oftentimes that belief is accompanied also with a judgment of ourselves mm. because we feel shame around holding on to a belief that's not useful or true for so long. And we have decades of evidence in our brain to prove to ourselves that that, that it's real, even though it's not. And so mm. part of that, you know, replacing that belief once it's identified is a legitimate process of, of forgiving yourself mm. for judging yourself mm. of, of things that just aren't true. And now in the wake of that, you can replace it with a legitimate new belief or a new declaration of like, in the wake of that belief, that's not true and useful to me. I'm going in its place. I will fill it with something that is true. It's something, you know, a declaration of who I am and what is actually true and useful for me to believe. And so when, when that starts to happen and you remind yourself of who you are consistently, then there you are mm. and you're showing up that way. But that's why historically I, I used to view affirmations with a little bit of uh, skepticism because it's like, Oh, I'm just supposed to start saying words and it will you know, change me. And I think this is why I finally understood. It's like, well, if you can identify the belief yes. and, and replace it with something that's true, well, then now that has like real substance. And that was like, that's me. That's my true belief yes. and my declaration. So now when I say it, it means something to me. And it's like who I have decided to be. Because you went to the roots of it. The, the affirmation is the surface. And if you examine the belief that would be required for that affirmation to be true, then you, you're you able to have a, a whole new power and meaning to the the reframe to the to the belief itself and if you uh, yeah. if you affirm to yourself the the, the reframed belief uh, after examining it then you're able to change that identity which changes your actions moving forward um how do you go about identifying these these limiting beliefs yeah i mean a lot of times they they can you can be helped to identify them with someone else who's hearing you talk about something and helps yeah. kind of like guide you through like okay like but where what is it really that's back there like knowing what questions to ask and that's where you guys come in yeah yeah definitely and like kind of framing it up in a such way that people start to think of it in a different way so they can see so sometimes what we do is we actually have someone think about someone that if they were hooked up to a monitor with like heart monitor you know blood pressure brain waves everything and they called you and everything just like sank to the floor. It's like, okay, that person, what are the, like those types of judgments that you have actually have for yourself. And then the opposite, like someone who would light up the monitor, what, what, what do they think of you? And what are some of the judgments you have of yourself that are like those types of judgments? So just different ways to help people see like, yeah, wow. I've been judging myself and have these beliefs about myself that just aren't even true. And yet they are literally dictating how i show up in the world yeah so it's really it's really important like the foundation of all of this is to view all of this from a place of just like curiosity and mm -hmm. and grace like like and that's acceptance. how mitch puts it. fascination curiosity and grace is the way mitch puts it because it doesn't 
ever serve us to indulge in like to let shame be the driver right mm-hmm. like i shouldn't have been thinking that or i shouldn't have been believing that or i can't believe i i thought like that or believe that unless it, you're feeling shame for feeling shame then then it's good (laughs) yeah it's just but it's just possibility that (laughs) it can be different right like there's nothing that you should be doing it's just things that you can do yeah and that's the and that goes back to like that space of freedom i was talking about earlier so you start to see that like when you get when leaders of an organization start to find this level of freedom Hmm. and responsibility over their emotions beliefs you know actually thoughts actions um that's really powerful and then when they model that for other people and other people are given the space and freedom and the elimination of shame and pressure you can really start to see how that would just really be liberating for a group of people and you combine that with an identity and a purpose that's really mm-hmm. meaningful and i mean you can see how that organization is going places. How do you know when you've got the identity right? How do you examine your current identity? Yeah. So obviously we believe that over time identity, you know, your identity that you come up with can be refined, right? And and revisited and, and make sure that it's still, you know, accurate. By ex- but by, we, by analyzing the beliefs that go into it. Yeah. Yeah, but we have a series of questions that really help people think differently and pull apart who you are versus what you do because they're not the same. Who you are versus what you do not being the same. Yeah. Yeah. All too often, it's like, it's like I'm a dentist. And so I do, yeah, I do teeth. It's like, well, that's what you do. But who you are is not a dentist, right? Uh, Like that's what you do. You do dentistry. So like you pull that apart. And then you you make sure they're aligned. And that's that's how you know is like you can answer the questions like, what do I really want to be known for? Like what's truly the outcome of my work? Not what we do, but like the outcome of what we do. Like what yes. actually happens yes. to someone or to people when they engage with us. And and so you just start to you know because you feel that pull apart and you're and you're just like yeah that's who we are and then it because and then it starts you start to talk about it all the time with everyone everywhere you start to live into it and eventually it's not just like a tagline even though maybe it starts out that way right what is exactly the the fact that is you're separated from what you do you and the, the thing you do yeah. Well, so like the who you are, like what you come up with, like that definition yeah. may be may sound kind of tagline-ish at the beginning. But if you're if it's aligned and, and it feels like that's really like the the work we're trying to do in the world, then you start talking about it, speaking about it in a way that's bold and convicted and living into it. And then it truly does become like yeah, like this is literally who we are. Right. So this is what you do. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> who are you then yeah no so that's it's awesome because who i am yeah is i help people live free and and be leaders like that's what i'm known for is Mm. helping people really experience freedom and Mm. then be a leader and so when i kind of came upon that it just that just fit like it's just and and then you know you talk about it more it guides your decisions 
you become identity driven instead of opportunity driven Mm. and you start showing up as someone who can speak the possibility of freedom and you know help people see the possibility of freedom and someone that is committed to being a leader and and helping others see themselves as as leaders and this would make for a great book, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned, but what we do is we transcribe these, we turn these into books. This would make a killer book. But <laughs> yeah. I, I want you to to go into a little bit the difference between, um, I, well, let's go back and, and understand how we know um, who we are. How do you get to that answer? How do you get to the answer that you came up with that you were yeah. able to say so 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 boldly, like you said? So so yeah. how do you how do you get to that answer? Yeah, what's well, interesting for me personally, I noticed that like over the course of several years doing several different like activities I used to call it or exercises where you're really trying to like answer the questions like what am I very passionate about yeah or like what do I really feel strongly about or those kinds of of exercises you know ikigai type exercises or hedgehog and the word freedom kept coming up for me and I even had someone call me out on it once like dude that has nothing to do with what you do like what like where is that even coming from and I think originally for me personally that freedom i it was it manifested itself through more of like a physical type like governmental type freedom like i feel really strongly about people being free and then over over time i realized like yeah this is a lot deeper this is like a spiritual personal mm. type freedom that i feel really strongly about and that i can help people discover um, and achieve and so and, and look like when we're helping people go through this process it's not automatic for some people it, it it's like already was closer and it was right there and it was just a matter of us just like getting them to see it and for others it takes longer for them to really get to the place where they're like like that's it like that just feels like that's that's who I am so those those guiding questions really help because you look at it through the lens of what do I actually want to be known for and what's the true outcome of my work and what differentiates me and those kinds of things and then that guides you right another way is you we we ask people just tell us stories about what really happens to someone what they really experience as a part of your work or as right. a result right so for the dentist it would be i don't do teeth i create self-acceptance in people yeah exactly and and so in in the example we love to share with with uh brian who's now, you know, Chris is now helping him with a mastermind and they've done a lot of amazing things because of this experience. It was like, hey, yeah, dude, I do tea. And it's like, no, like, I think there's a lot more here. Just tell me some stories. And it was like the story of, well, there was this one patient that was hesitant to apply for a uh, promotion. But as soon as she got her smile fixed, she had the confidence to then go pursue that. There's mm-hmm. this other patient he had wanted to ask a girl out for a long time, but he never had the confidence because of his smile. And as soon as he got a smile fixed, he, the next time he came in, he was telling us about how he had asked this girl out. And so then it's like, yeah, well, it sounds like you guys actually build confidence here is what mm. you. Yes. And so they just Again, going to the, that. under the surface, you know, it's the blue, yeah. the, the surface is I do teeth, but underneath of it is, is extrapolating what that means for people moving forward. So the way you essentially, it comes down to finding the result that you achieve for people and the result of that result. So for example, it's not just teeth, it's, it's finding confidence, finding that self-acceptance that leads to the confidence. 
And so you're, yeah. you're, you're finding results of the result rather than just the, the obvious surface level result, which is teeth and yeah. anybody can do that. And then what are the benefits of doing that? Yeah. Well, so when, when that becomes really clear, right now you create a unique experience for people internally mm -hmm. and externally, right? Because so what ended up happening is they ended up paying for a new smile for all their employees. And it just became like, we are like, that is who we are. We build confidence. It's on shirts. It's on the wall. It's on. Mm -hmm. and, and it really was just the guide for all their decisions. And then it just became like who they were. So again, then the employees, they see themselves differently because they're not a dental assistant. Like they're a leader who shows up to help people see the possibility of confidence, like right. or help people build confidence like that's really different yeah and so then yeah, yeah. we're talking about like why people work and people work because they want to feel like there's a deeper purpose and yes. an enjoyment and potential for them and now you've tapped into that at a whole new level and so your employee engagement goes up the you know satisfaction goes up and that affects all of the financial things right well, absolutely because like the, the quality of work skyrockets because now they're and looking so, at it as, as an important rather than a monotonous task that they might have seen exactly before. it reminds yeah, so it me of this all of that go ahead man go ahead i was just gonna say so it affects all of that but you didn't start with that as the focus that's the magic is that yeah. a lot of people want to improve their performance by focusing on the performance yes and it never uh, ever works again the surface level you so you guys really what you do is is your root finders and and adjusters kind of like a, a chiropractor of the soul <laughs> it's interesting totally. uh it, you know what it reminds me of man it's like um i heard this story where there was uh construction workers building a church and they were putting the bricks in the wall with the concrete and they asked one guy what you're doing and he said i'm putting bricks in the wall the next guy what you're doing putting bricks in the wall then they asked this third guy what you're doing and he said i'm building a place for people to worship and it, that that mindset was totally different. And he was totally looking different. at it as the result of what he was doing, not just the obvious surface level of it. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Um, yeah. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? About our beliefs and our yes, thoughts yes, and yes. our emotions and our actions, right? It's oh, like, we took a full circle. When we take control of that personally, it's like, no, there's no such thing as a monotonous job or a, as a bad day. Like those are all things that we choose to experience right. through our beliefs and our thoughts. Hmm. How do you identify the beliefs that are holding you back? I, I like to, for me, I like to think about what I really want, like allow myself to go into possibility and like dream and then see and the then difference. pay attention to what comes up, like the yeah, but that sneaks in when it's ah, like, Ooh, that sounds really oh, that's good. a good, that's, a, I like that a lot. Oh, you, uh, for me, it's in the back left corner, the, uh, the naysayers, you know, yes, the, it's right here. Yeah. 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 So I hear, you know, uh, possibility top, right. Um, naysayers, the opposite. Back left. Left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, um, it's, it's actually interesting to think about it. It's literally the yin and yang, the, the opposite, um, positioned in the psyche. And so that's, uh, that, that's a good way of finding the limiting beliefs is, so you're saying to envision a future that you have everything you want and then 
listen to the voices that are saying to the, the, the thoughts that are saying, well, no, you can't, yeah, uh, you can't do that because of this or yeah, but, but that, and you, oh, you didn't think about that. And so these are the beliefs that you have to reframe from a Jungian point of view. These are the complexes that are popping up that you have to go and trace them back to the roots of wait, why do I believe that this won't work? Uh, and then right. why, then you go really down to the roots of that and you find that maybe that it's not built on fact at the end of the day, or you can change the perception of the root cause of that i mean we're talking very deep here it's uh maybe as deep as you can go before going to the deepest yeah. uh, it's interesting man yeah fascinating yeah. stuff um what's a question that i should ask you right now but i'm not asking <laughs> man we've covered a lot of stuff here i uh i i maybe one other question is like how do we how do we download, you know, the culture operating system or how do we actually like get it to go into the soul of the organization? Mm, right. And, That's the and we touched step. on that earlier, right? Like it starts with the leaders yeah. really eliminating some of their limitations so that they can be really present and, and really pour into their people. Um, and that's, that's certainly part of it. But one of our like core key definitions of leadership is being a demonstration, like our willingness to be a demonstration of leadership. And that's what I've seen makes a huge difference. Is like a lot of us can talk the the talk. Like we can articulate, we can expound, we can explain. And but when you see someone being a demonstration of like possibility and abundance and power, mm. like good power, not authoritarian power. Okay. <laughs> good differentiation. You're like, differentiation there. You're just like, I want that. Mm. Like, I want to be with that person, be involved with that person. Like, I don't even use the term follow, right? Because like, it's not like we want to follow them, but you, like, you revere them. You want to like, you want to be a part of whatever it is they're building and creating. And so, that's like a lot of times what I've seen is the missing link. So, if we can help leaders see themselves differently and help them understand how to go be a demonstration of leadership, mm -hmm. man, people are just like, I want to be a, like, I want to be a part of that. How do you get there? How do you get to that, that point where you're revered like that? Yeah. Well, a lot of it goes back to the identity, right? Because we, we talk about identity driven leadership and language. And so leadership is, you know, who you're being. And language is the words you're speaking, and both are extremely oh, okay. important. I see. So yes, it's it's the acting out of the identity, and the language right. is is the acting out of that acting out. It's the, you know the who you are uh, dictates what you say. Yeah, or undermines what you say, right? Like you could say this, you could say uh, the right words or the same yes. words, but mm. who you're being is not genuine, is not legitimately like I'm here to serve this person to show up as a leader for them. You could say the right words. And it's not received or yeah. even felt or connected because who you're being is not, is not genuine. It's not, you know, aligned. And so that's why we talk about leadership and language, like language creates, like language really matters. Mm, yes. We think in language, and, right? So, yeah. you know, it just it ties all back to the same thing. Yeah. And when you combine that with like being really present in your way of being, mm. and that's when you can like really connect someone and help them see what's possible and help them grab commitment that would would have previously been 
said to be impossible you know like that guy or that that employee like they can never get it they'll never get it they they just do this they do that and so this is this is the magic man i love it like, dude. those it's kind of people yeah who right now are just classified as like you know low performers low achievers mm. you know they don't care like well have we poured into them and like helped create them to be someone that we know into like absolutely know they can be mm. and uh yeah you get people showing up for people like that in an organization and you're going to the moon man mm. except for fred over there fred you can't fix fred <laughs> you can fix everybody but fred no i'm just joking what you're saying is everybody has that potential in them and you have to get them to see that potential in order to uh have them act out that identity and you're saying it starts with the leader that then uh projects that onto the team and they that that is felt and it resonates at a deeper level their language is is felt they're connected more and it starts with that one person so your company what you do is you start with the leader you inject these beliefs and change their identity and then that gets dispersed um i guess you could say disseminated disseminated across the team um the way i think about it is like a a squirt water bottle like you're watering a plant you know that gets uh, splashed throughout the team uh, a tsunami of 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 that identity gets poured on. You said pour it on people. That was an interesting way of put of putting that. Yeah. Pour into people. Pour, pour into into people. into people. Oh, even better. Yeah. Much better. So it's like the way I think of it is like if someone just like look, all of us at times, you know, we're running on empty. Like, and and all of us need to be poured into. And it's just yeah, like you just pour true. into someone. Just like speak possibility into them, inspire them, like breathe life into them, mm. like we can't ever underestimate how powerful that is and how there's some people who maybe have never had anyone speak to them that way. Like no one, like maybe they've never had anyone really show up for them that way. And it's like, what a gift to give another human being like genuine love and possibility and like just speak it into them, just pour it into them. Like from a real, like from a place of authenticity, right? Like not just the words, but the the way of being. Right. And that starts with the identity that you shift that which which shifts the beliefs, which shifts shifts the language and how you act in the world. Um yep. and you pour it into people. It's a fascinating way of putting that, man. Um I say we leave it there. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, that was a beautiful conversation, dude. Thanks for being here, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. And if you want to get a free copy of my book, go to Kyle'sbook.com and you can get a copy there. I'll talk with you soon.